your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's show, we are going to get into some best or worst case scenarios for the Avalanche in this upcoming season. Some revolve around players. What happens if they have a good season? What happens if they have a bad season? Kind of the team in general. Uh, We're going to be talking about that. We will be discussing these divisions, which we've mentioned in the past. But it seems like this is going to be a definite at least for this next season, we're going to kind of blow up the the divisions as we know them. And where the Avalanche sit is kind of an interesting scenario. They're, they're with a couple teams that they are normally with in their division. But for the most part, it's out, it's out in the West, out in the Pacific. So we're going to talk about that. And Bowen Byram, as well as Justin Barron, took part in the white versus red team Canada scrimmage or selection game, however you want to call it. And we'll talk about how they played uh, Byram in particular. So uh, before we get to all of that stuff, definitely follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore avalanche on Instagram, search for lockdown avalanche and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to lockdown avalanche at gmail.com. <clears throat> I have started Kind of revisiting the the first year, the Avalanche were the Avalanche, 25 years ago. And every day that there is a game, um, I'm pretty much just putting the stats up for now. And if there's news bits that happen and there's a big one coming up in a couple weeks, uh, which <clears throat> you should all be familiar with. But for the most part, if a game was played, um, I'm just pretty much putting up the, the score of that game, the stats... The, the goals scored in that game, the penalties in the game, goalie stats, kind of just revisiting the season that ended. We all know how. Um, so I thought that'd be kind of a fun thing to do. So you can follow that on both the Twitter and Instagram pages. And for yesterday, it was the Avalanche beating the Chicago Blackhawks 6-2 with a very heavily penalty-filled games. I think there was almost 80 total penalty minutes in that game. Crazy, which is kind of the norm back then. So, uh, yeah, follow the the social media page for <clears throat> for those uh, exciting lookbacks on uh, 25 years ago when the Avalanche first came, when the, when the Nordiques became the Colorado Avalanche. So, all right. So, <clears throat> as we look forward to this season, whenever that may be, uh, we are obviously looking good. Things for the Avalanche are looking up, maybe more so than they ever have been. We went into last year pretty confident, but still with a lot to prove. And I think the Avalanche met expectations with the exception of you know their early exit in the playoffs. I don't think that's, you know, you can say like, ah, well, we, we did what we wanted to do. No, I think last year the, the goal was, to, to win the championship. I think they were that good of a team that that was the goal. 
and it wasn't a goal that was far-fetched. Just didn't work out that way. This year, I think it's amped up a little bit more because of the moves that you have made. Uh, you know, the, now the pressure is on. Vegas says you are the favorite. <clears throat> Just pick a website, pick a hockey website, and if they are ranking teams, doing power rankings or something like that, I think the majority of the time, Avalanche will be number one. <clears throat> the times that they're not, and we've talked about this too. Usually Tampa is number one because they get the benefit of the doubt because they're the champ. And if that's the case and in the site that you're looking up rankings, the avalanche are number two. So if the pressure was a lot last year, it's increased during this offseason going into next year. So even having said that, I think, you know, it, it's, it's not going to be a thing where the avalanche just completely falter and fall apart and, you know, finish in the middle of the rankings and miss the playoff. The, the way that seasons are, with the exception of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey, uh, because the seasons are so long, the cream usually rises to the top. And if the avalanche, <clears throat> let's say they get out of the gate a little bit slow, as the season goes on, the, they'll – figure it out. They'll put together wins. They'll put together points and and they will ascend. I don't see that happening. I think they are ready to hit the ground running. Uh, but you're also going, you might have a shortened season. You might have maybe 10 or 12 less games. So you don't want to get out to that slow start. So I think the avalanche know <clears throat> that the, the clock will be ticking from game one. And they know that we got to put the pedal to the metal right away. So there's a couple things that I wanted to look at to, to kind of say, like, what is the best case scenario? What is the worst case scenario for specific players? And even the team overall. <clears throat> for the team overall, I'll get into that when it comes to the divisions, which I'm going to talk about in the next segment. But guys like Nathan McKinnon, what is the best case scenario for Nathan McKinnon? We expect the world out of this guy. Um, and I think the, he expects that out of himself. So if there's a shortened season, let's go with that. Let's say there's, let's say it's a 70 game season. And the one thing that's proven elusive for Nathan McKinnon over the years is that 100 point mark. Just see, there, there seems to be things that get in the way that prevent him from just landing that century mark, which is a, a goal. I think that he definitely wants internally. I think us, the fans want it for him and if he were to get it on a shorter season if you're playing 70 games and he gets it like that's the first season he gets it on that's a best case scenario for him cuz that just proves uh he he did not let up which he doesn't do anyway for the entirety of the season is there a worst case scenario for Nathan McKinnon i think the only worst case scenario for McKinnon would be to be in the heart trophy discussion again and be a finalist for it again and lose it again. And again, that is a personal award. <clears throat> if the Avalanche go on to win the Stanley Cup and he doesn't win the heart, I think he'd be completely fine with that. And again, that is a, that's a, I do think that's something that he eventually wants to win. And I know for the fans, they want Nathan McKinnon to win that. So... 
I think there's kind of like that yin and yang for, for Nathan McKinnon for his best case scenario is hitting that century mark on a shorter season, which would be incredible. And on the flip side of that, losing the heart, if he's nominated again, if he's not nominated for whatever reason, then whatever, he's not nominated. I, we would think that he probably would, will be if he were to get a hundred points with 70 games or 72 games. Uh, and to lose it again would be kind of heartbreaking. Now, what about a guy like Tyson Jost? Tyson Jost is, is we all know the position he's in. <clears throat> and the Avs gave him kind of a one-year minimum deal to say, the writing's on the wall, kid. So it's now or never. What if it's now? <laughs> what if Tyson, and, and this is not... To say Tyson Jost, you know, goes Nathan McKinnon on everybody. But what if he ha- just figures things out? And I talked about this with Ryan Clark in our discussion. I mean, Tyson Jost is at the age where now guys start figuring it out. I think us as the fan base wanted him to figure it out earlier, but he didn't. But he's shown glimpses of it. And because he's shown glimpses of it is now the time that he can kind of put it all together in a season. So what if he hits 40 points and, he, and he's a third, fourth line guy? I would take that. Now, where it gets tricky is now you've signed him to a one-year deal and it was a put-up or shut-up deal. He's put up. Now you got to put up a little bit more money. He's not going to cash in based on one season. But you can say, like, okay, now we're going to give you a two-year deal. And if you can prove it over the next two years, then we'll give you a three-year deal or a four-year. So I think this is just going to go on and on and on for Tyson Jones. And he's going to have to prove. He's proven that he can't put together a full season. Now he's going to need to prove that he needs to put together full seasons year after year after year for a few years. That's going to be a challenge for him. So those are best worst-case scenarios. Worst-case scenario is he doesn't end up with the avalanche next year. So those are two guys, and we'll do this throughout the next couple weeks, week or two, kind of going through specific guys and kind of breaking down their best and worst case scenario. What do you think of for Tyson Jost, and what do you think of for Nathan McKinnon? I'm not going to do anything with, like, injuries. Injuries clearly are the worst case scenario for every player. But I'm talking about stats, contracts, where they play, the lines that they play on. That's what I want to get into with best and worst case. So let me know. We got uh, Nathan McKinnon and Tyson Jones for today. And we'll randomly pick guys throughout the next couple weeks until we kind of get up to gameplay, whenever that may be. All right. So next segment, we're going to get into the divisions and how those look. Before we do that, we are going to hear from Built Bar. Our friends over at Built Bar, they have a nice little community going over there, and we've talked about it many times on this show. Built Bar is the best-tasting energy and protein bar on the market. I'm telling you guys, get over to Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. Even if you don't want the full bar, now they have Built Bar Minis, kind of just like a quick snack in the afternoon. They taste more like a candy bar, and they're soft. They're easy to chew. They're covering 100% chocolate. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl. Lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for the keto diet. 
Most bars contain 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. If you watch that stuff, you know those numbers are excellent. Some of the flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, salted caramel, mint brownie. Every single one of them is delicious. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKEDON. 20% comes off of your first order at BuiltBar.com. All right, before we get into the division discussion, uh, I just kind of wanted to bring up to everybody this next show that we're going to have, which is going to be Wednesday, which is Thanksgiving Eve. We are in the Thanksgiving season, so why not do what we are thankful for in the avalanche world? If you got anything that you are thankful for when it comes to the Colorado Avalanche, whether it's a player, whether it's just the team in general, whether the team just gives you something to look forward to, whether it's Joe Sackick, send me something, LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com or get a hold of me on uh, Twitter, Instagram. And that's going to be coming up on Wednesday's show. So tune in to that. Divisions. The season as a whole is going to look different. Talked about games and how very likely might not have an 82-game season, might not have a 70 or 72-game season. We're not going to have hub cities where it's just two cities like we had for the playoffs. We're not going to do that. Uh, NHL and Gary Bettman have said that's just way too much to do an entire season that way. Who knows what's going to happen with the fans? I, I doubt we're going to have fans in the beginning. Now, I think even the Denver Broncos just pulled uh, fans out of their games. Where in, up until yesterday's game, they were allowing a certain percentage in, and I think they got rid of that. So I think because we're just going into the great unknown with the winter season, I don't think we're going to start the NHL season with fans. But they might introduce them if we can get this thing under control. And, you know, the one thing that's going to be odd is divisions. So they are pretty much looking like we are going to have four different divisions. And this is just a one-off thing. So, and what we had talked about a couple weeks ago seems like it will be the case. Uh, for you're going to have three American divisions and a Canadian division. Now, the the Canadian division is man that you are you're crisscrossing the country. Um, you know that that's going to be a, a tough ask for some teams, to, depending on how you're, you're expected to play. You're going to be expected to play four games a week, five games a week sometimes. So, I mean, the teams up in Canada be crisscrossing the country. Man, they're going to be putting a lot of miles in the air. So, for the Avalanche, their division is looking like Anaheim, Arizona, Dallas, Los Angeles, Minnesota, San Jose, and Vegas. So, the only teams that they are taking with them are Dallas and Minnesota. Pretty crazy. When you when you have, you know, you you're kind of used to like Chicago, Nashville, like those teams and St. Louis. Those teams are staying together. Uh for the Central, Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Tampa Bay. 
So you got Chicago, Nashville, and St. Louis sticking together. And the East, Boston, Buffalo, Carolina, New Jersey, New York, Islanders, New York Rangers, Philly, Washington. And then you got your Canadian team. So that's where, you know, Vancouver and Winnipeg end up. So what's what's this mean for the Avalanche? Really, what does this mean for, for every team? This is not just exclusive to the Avalanche, but obviously we're Avalanche podcast, so that's we're talking about them. How is this going to look in terms of how many times you're going to play those teams? That's what we don't know. We don't know, like, they, they've said things where, like, you will go, maybe each one of these divisions will have, like, two hub cities. Or if you don't have fans playing, then you can go play in, in, in these uh, arenas, fanless. But the way that it sounds like it's coming from the NHL is they might have a couple hub cities per division. And you'll stay, go between those two hub cities for, like, two weeks at a time. And then, so say this, say it's like, I don't know, I'm trying to look at the, the map here. They probably want to centralize it. So say it's like, say it is Colorado. Say it's Colorado and Vegas. You'd go between those two hub cities playing the other teams in that division for 10 days or two weeks. And then you would travel to the Central. And let's say the Central is Chicago and uh, looking at the map. Let's say Pittsburgh. So you'd go between those two for 10 and play those central division teams. So you'd maybe you're you're just having the avalanche, maybe like you're, you're got half of your division or you're taking a, a portion of your division, say Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, go over there and maybe throw in Dallas. So that's four teams. They go to the central while Chicago, I'm just I'm going in alphabetical order. They would go over to the central and play those teams uh, a number of times while Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, Florida come over to the west side and and play the remaining teams that stay behind. If that makes sense. <laughs> I'm trying to, to to think of like the best way to describe this. So it's going to be convoluted. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be different. Uh, so th- how this plays out, is it going to be where we're just playing who's in our division? That would get, first of all, that would get boring really quick, and you get nothing. If you go that route, you don't have any feel for any of these other teams. Granted, when you're, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, you're only playing teams like the Rangers, the Flyers, the Devils. You're only playing them twice a year. Once on their ice, once on ours. But two times playing them gives you a better idea how to play that team than none. I have no clue how they're going to do this Canadian team, these Canadian teams, and get them into the United States. There's going to have to be a discussion between the government and the NHL front office and figure that thing out. If they can't figure that out, if one country or the other country is is steadfast on no, we we I'm sorry. I understand you play a sport. I understand I understand that there's, you know, uh, a lot of money to be lost, but if they have the mindset of we have to protect the lives of either country and they can't do anything about it, what do they do? Are the Canadian teams just playing round robin against everybody for 
70 plus games. And we are, you know, it, it's the end of November. They have been saying forever, we want to start on or very close to January 1. It's kind of been slow moving in the news coming out of how this is going to work. seems like this is what they want to do to get it to work, but we don't know how. We don't know the, the specifics and the logistics of it. One way or another, it's going to be a different and crazy season. Finally, the Team Canada junior team has had a couple of scrimmages, Team White versus Team Red, and some Avalanche players are there taking part. And last night, I got to watch two periods of it. I didn't watch the third period, so as you're listening to this, you can maybe go back and see if anything major happened in the third period. But watching the first two periods, I got to see a good amount of Bowen Byram and a good amount of Justin Barron. And while Barron didn't get as much ice time as Byram, which I would expect, um, I think he he still needs some work. I think he's on the cusp of of making or not making this team. It wouldn't really surprise me either way. Uh, I, I don't want to say he struggled or anything like that. The team he was on, like I said, I didn't watch the third period, but at the end of the second, they were losing four to one. I believe it was his team and Byram and, and Baron were playing on the same team. They were both on team red. Uh, he, he looked, he's, he's, he's bigger than I thought, taller than I thought. Uh, and, and I think he just needs to work a little bit better on positioning, which is all stuff that will come. Um, so I think just based on that little sample size that I got, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say I was blown away by him, but he didn't do anything where I'm like, oh man, what is he doing? Like, he seems like he has a really good hockey sense and he seems to be, I don't want to say in the, the, the wrong place at the wrong time, but he, he, sometimes he stays out to the blue line a little bit too much and doesn't want, he doesn't want to chance anything and go in a little bit more. Now there was a goal that he scored when he had the puck the entire time and circled around. And this was not in, in the game yesterday. It was a game. They did a, a first game. Um, and that one play, he went deep into the zone and good things happened, but he doesn't seem like he does that enough. So, I think there's a little bit work to be done with Justin Barron. Not a surprise. So we'll see if he does make the team. Of course, I hope he does and does very well. Bowen Byram, on the other hand, is, uh, man, if you watched that, he when he has that a bit, like, the, first of all, the confidence in him is off the charts. So I think, you know, having that year in the WHL and really going through what he went through when he had that little taste of, NHL preseason that he didn't do so well. And then he went to the WHL and started off kind of slow, but once he picked it up, watch out um, that what somewhere along the line, the, the switch got flipped on and it's been on ever since then. And man, he, when he's on the ice, it's just that mentality of, you can tell everybody else on the ice Number one feels better because they know one of the best players out there is on their side. And everybody just picks it up a notch. 
I was watching like the other players <laughs> and because he is everywhere. I don't think some of the things he does in a game like this, he can get away with in the NHL. He he's labeled as a defenseman, but uh, there were so many times he was behind the net in the offensive zone. So he can do that in this skill level for him because he's he's head and shoulders above uh, some of these other players, but he looks just so good. He he he's in control of himself. Uh, he's just silky smooth on the ice. Picks his spots. He his passing is incredible. Whether it's a long cross ice pass or you know a, a pass in traffic when he's up against the boards, he'll just he he his hockey sense and his awareness of his teammates is great. And you saw that in what I saw in two periods of play. I picked up on a lot of stuff that I like about Bowen Byram. And how that will translate to the NHL level, I think, is one of the things I am very, very excited for. So watching that, and again, you always have to take into account this expansion draft coming up. Uh, If they do lose a defender, Bowen Byram is taking that spot in my opinion no doubt about it he look he looks great <laughs> what just go watch the guy play he 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 just does things that uh he, he makes him seem effortless so i didn't see alex newhook out there um i don't know if he just had the day off i think he's pretty much a lock to make this squad um so i would think you're we're gonna have uh, Newhook, Byram, and Barron, I think, is on the fence. So, um, but man, did, did Bone Byram look good. So, that will be it for today. And like I said, definitely tune in to Wednesday's show. If you got anything that you are thankful for in the Avalanche universe, let me know. Avalanche at gmail.com. And uh, we will see everybody. Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in. If it's the first time, if it's the 207th time, I appreciate it all the same. See you guys on Wednesday. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go!